的曲子。Hello, my name is Noah, and my name is Gavin, and we're the Blanchard brothers, but we're also man hunters. I don't know how great the sync was because we're over Zoom. We are、yep. Zoom zooming because we're about to vroom vroom. This is episode fourteen. Back after a long hiatus, just like the man himself. Episode fourteen. Here to talk about. Ferrari, Ferrari. I was, I was, I was like, can I maintain the the Manhunter's voice, but also bring in the, because it's it's just about maybe the most fun movie title of twenty twenty three to say. You can just have to make should, a meal out of it. We should totally drop in the bit, but it's like we're here to talk about more than you can afford, pal. Ferrari, <laughs> smoke them. Ah, <laughs>、uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's been it's been a minute.、Uh, mm-hmm. If you if you are not familiar, this is a、uh, a sub series, a mini series, an ongoing、uh, limited series,、uh, part of the Arc of E Network.、Uh, but this ran originally on the Movie Arc feed. Yeah, I, I don't know if I've dropped any of these old episodes over here on the、uh, the new kind of main feed home of the network. But、uh, yeah, this is Manhunters. This is where we.、Uh, We took a a a pretty awesome thirteen week journey through the filmography of Mr. Michael Mann, who at that point it was kind of like, I think we knew some things were in the hopper, but right we did you know we kind of went out on Black Hat being like, hey, we really dug this. It feels like people are coming back around on it in the same way that Miami Vice was kind of reclaimed a few years later. Ah,、uh, so it was still kind of like. You know, it was an okay note to go out on, but I think we knew maybe that Tokyo Vice was. I feel like we did. I feel like we knew we knew that was coming、there. down the pipe at some point. And we had discussed covering it and making that episode fourteen, but ultimately, you know, he did the pilot, and we enjoyed that show, but it it also didn't feel like there was like a ton of meat on the bone to to discuss just his part. You know, the、right. fact that this is supposed to be centered around him. So we kind of held back on that, but then just all of a sudden, a flurry of activity here in the last two years.、Uh, mm-hmm. He drops Heat Two, yep, the novel,、uh, which is maybe like kind of a soft sell for the movie, which seems to now be happening. And kind of in tandem with that, it was announced the long gestating passion project of Ferrari. Uh, was finally coming to fruition. Yeah,、uh, no. something that he'd been working on for like well over a decade,、uh, at least twenty、more. years. Yes,、uh, I think so much that I, like the he wanted this to follow、um, Last of the Mohicans. Wow. Okay, so as far back as that, yeah,、uh, which would have been so curious. You know, I've heard the the various incarnations and castings, but most of those were more modern. I, you know, I, obviously Christian Bale was attached at one point, Hugh Jackman as well. But、mm-hmm. I wonder who it would have been if he got it off the ground, like way back then.、Uh, mm. Curious, curious who he was thinking about. I don't know if he's talked about that in any of the press.、Uh, speaking of which,、uh, I know you said we kind of, we delayed this a bit, a so that you know people would have time to see it,、uh, and also.、Uh, 
you said you wanted to do a little research, but uh, mm -hmm. I'm curious, curious if you have any interesting tidbits. Uh, I didn't go, I've gone, I would say a, a more than a toe dip, but you know, I've, there's been a lot of, uh, a lot of press. They've been, they've been hitting it hard. Uh, mm. A lot of stuff with him and Adam driver uh, and the full cast, a lot of panels and stuff uh, behind the scenes, featurettes, et cetera. So I've been trying to, trying to work my way through those. Uh, but yeah, on, I mean, I guess from the get go on the whole, before we get into plot time, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, what, what'd you think? What'd you think of Ferrari? We did not see this together. We saw it separately. I saw it maybe like a week before you. And I think you, I think you knew my, I, I did text you my feelings. So I, I'm curious. We, we haven't fully talked about it. We did. We are, we're coming off of our year end top tens. Uh, where notably it, it didn't crack any of either of ours, but we kind of ended that episode by saying, but like, you know, stay tuned because mm -hmm. now we're in manhunters mode. Right. And as far as uh, Noah and Gav, the manhunters hosts right. are concerned, uh, this is like, this, this is easily the best movie of 2023. Exactly. And, and he should win Best Director and Adam Driver, Best Actor, Penelope Cruz, et cetera, et cetera. I think that's where our headspace is. But we haven't really talked. I think we were both pretty jazzed on it. But like, yeah, what what was your uh, theater experience like? Uh, just me, Bex, and one other guy. Um, but again, it was Sumter, wow. so what, it makes, what makes sense. What time and when, 12, when was this around the holidays? 1230. Um the Sunday after New Year's or before oh, New, New Year's, Year's Day, New Year's Eve, yeah, Sunday, New, New Year's, Year's Eve. Eve, New Year's yeah, Eve. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, last Sunday worked so understandable because I was thinking about that or uh, the Iron Claw, and ultimately, uh, you know, timing. I was just like, you know what, I know, I know the Iron Claw story, like I think I told you, um. Uh, you've listened to Behind the Bastards, but they did a whole deep dive on uh, Vince McMahon and they used the Iron Claw story to be like, Vince is worse than this guy. And I was like, oh, okay. I, mean, I know everything I need to know now. And obviously I knew, you know, of Ferrari, the status of what it means to own one, kind of the vague history of like, you know, what the what he was to racing motorsports and all that, what the brand is, all that kind of stuff what it meant for like Ford to come out of nowhere later on after the events of this movie and, and kind of challenge them at Le Mans and all that. So like, you know, I didn't, but I didn't really know like what story I was getting. So it was, it was nice to see something that like felt very Michael Mannish is like, I'm just getting a little glimpse into a window of this dude's life. There's a bunch of stuff that's happened before. It's a bunch of stuff that's going to happen after that, but I'm just getting this. Cause I really think in just thinking about it, the only one we really get that is like a, to the grave biopic is public enemies. And there is no, from the cradle to the grave. We meet Dillinger, like on the last leg of his, like, you know, life, so to speak. Ali, we get a snapshot of like, you know, this time in his life where he probably the most active, but like, there's still other things that happened to him after that. And before that. So I not, liked not, not to interject, but I think the biggest comp and the one that I rewatch for this is the insider. That too. Yeah. I could it's, see that. It's a very controlled period of time. Right. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, continue. Sorry. 
No, no, no. I'm just saying that's where that's and to your point, I forget that the insider is technically like you could you throw that in there as like a biopic or like a, a true life, you know, story. True story. Yeah. True story, you know. And it was just it's one of those where like I read a review and it was like, oh, driver delivers like somewhat of an emotionless performance. And I'm like, no, but also like, I could like were you watching the same like what did yeah. you want like what did you want from him but at the same time like wasn't that enzo ferrari like you're, you're dealing with a man who's like not whether he wants to show it or not is basically looking at the prospect of like everything i've done in my life i could wind up losing it all due to bankruptcy and do i want to go down this road of like trying to find somebody to come in but then that's then i have to be beholden to them or can i keep this on my own and how do i manage that on my business front as well as these other things in my personal life that like you know i've just been you know i've been putting one thing on the other and one thing on the other trying to balance them both hoping that like these things all work out and now push comes to shove and you know he is a person singularly you know, yes, you can argue that that character is responsible for his success just in how he manages things that happen to him in his company. But I think the interesting point is, like, if you want to get technical, at least within this little story we see, um, Patrick uh, Patrick Dempsey stay, saves the day, so to speak, you know, in what he's able to do with winning the race and all. And so, I, but yeah, I mean, overall, it's, I mean, you know, it's... I'm glad the man has made another movie. I hope we get a lot more. I get that this, if this took 20, 20 years, I, I don't know how much longer we're going to wait for another film, but you know, I, it's, it's everything. It, it's everything, but it's also not because there was, I don't really feel like this is looks or feels like any uh, other one of these biopics or even a Michael Mann movie. It's, it doesn't, there's not a lot of that. Like, Oh, this is a, this kind of shot or that. I don't. I hadn't really looked at much of like the production. I don't know. Like, I feel like I, was, I, for, I hard disagree on that. But we we can get into that. Okay. Oh no, I'm not that. Not that it's not. It's not like I mean. I don't. I in so much as like I can't compare it to another one. Like, well, okay. Before we, I mean, I would love to discuss the filmmaking, yeah. etc. Yeah. But for anybody who happens to be listening to this, who may or may not have seen the movie, oh, or yeah. just wants a refresher. Maybe take us through like what period of time this focuses on and give us a little plot time for oh. Ferrari. <clears throat> Excuse me, Ferrari. The year is 1957. Senior Ferrari, the commandant, he's, uh, he's up against the ropes. His company may be in bankruptcy. His life may be falling into shambles. And he has to do everything he can to save his company and emerge victorious. And the only thing he can do it is by having his driving team win. The Mia Magila, whatever I don't even know how you pronounce that race, but yeah, um, the it's 1957. Mila Miglia, I believe. Mia Miglia, Mia Miglia, Migla, Mila Migla. The yes. race from the city to city, the people stand and they watch. It's very dangerous. They <laughs> stop running dangerous. five minutes. Yeah, they stop uh, running a five years later, or actually, okay. like eight can years you later. can you can you speak like like a normal person and slow down just a little bit for everybody? Yeah, that's fine. Okay. No, yeah, like, so it's 19, you, you don't it's have to like slow down that much. Okay. <laughs> it's 1957. What and, uh, do you, you do? do? <laughs> so, um, you slow down. 
1957, Ferrari essentially is on the edge of, of bankruptcy after kind of coming onto the scene hot in the auto racing world. And um, he is just facing one personal and professional uh, quagmire. Uh, uh, right. Crisis. Crisis. Whatever we want to call it. Landmine yeah. field to navigate, whatever you want to call it. But he's just facing pretty much on all fronts, personal, yes. professional life. His, it's just, it's, it's all, it, it could all go, go, go away right away. And, it's one of those where it's like, well, you're watching it and you think, well, yeah, it could, but like, where's the, what's, what's the big deal with that? What's the drama with that? Like who, who cares? <laughs> Why are you telling me this story? And I think that like, without really trying to hit you over the head, it does explain to you that it's like, well, this literally could be anybody in anything at any point in time. And I like that. I, I think that's maybe what man is like to me with, this one and then other ones like compared interested in and most it's like at that moment like what's the human like humanity of this person what's going on with that at this specific time you know mm -hmm. and it's like you know if you watch from the outside and you know that like hey 57 he was like kind of up against it and then this big thing happens that makes it even worse how did he navigate that what did he do you know, you're probably thinking like, well, here's just some like rich dude who's like, you know, having a bad year at his business. And it's like, no, everything was in crisis for him. You know, the human behind all of that, the face you saw on TV, the guy giving you, you know, telling you, you know, we're going to win. I want drivers that are like committed, yada, 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 all that. Like that guy, he doesn't go home and swim in his swimming pool full of money. Like, you know, Scrooge McDuck, he goes home and he's still facing it, still up against it. On all fronts, you know? Yeah. So, and I think that's where that in therein is where, like, I think Adam Driver just, I don't know. I, I thought he killed it as far as I'm concerned. I mean, I, it's, it, it's one of those performances that makes me want to go back and watch every other thing he's ever done just to be sure, essentially. But I'm like, I'm pretty sure this is my favorite and best, right. maybe the best he's ever been. Um, and it's a match made in heaven, as far as I'm concerned. Like as soon as I heard they were working together, and the the you know we can we can push all that to the end of the the cast as far as our speculation for Heat too. But it seems very obvious that Adam Driver will be involved in some capacity, whether he's playing well, so. Neil McCauley or Vincent Hanna. I really don't care. Uh, but I think I think they are a nice pair. He is very clearly in that lineage of of de niro and pacino types mm -hmm. and i think to the point where it's like there i mean i really haven't there people have pointed it out but not even necessarily in a negative way but it's just like the fact that he's playing like 20 years older and for me personally it's like i didn't question it for a second oh no like, of course not. um you know just mind-blowing on on that level the i mean all the dramatic fireworks you would expect but also the uh the more reserved moments which speak volumes so we kind of we open with some uh vintage kind of like injecting him into what i'm sure was actual like period racing footage mm -hmm. and uh kind of see like an early victory from him and then we get 
a little, you know, a thing that brings us in to where we're at in the current story. And it opens like rather quietly. And he's with what we find out to be his mistress. Uh, mm -hmm. So that's Lena Lardy, correct? Right. I want to make, because it, it's confusing. Lena Lardy. And then we have his wife, Laura. Correct? Yeah, Laura, Ferrari. Laura Ferrari. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Played by the incomparable uh, Penelope Cruz. So he, you know, sneaks out of the mistress's house, heads back over, and we're immediately thrust into uh, the duality of this dude's life and the kind of like central conflict of the personal life, which is she's aware that he has, you know, side pieces, so to speak. They have, mm -hmm. um, Seemingly, I wouldn't call it an open marriage, but uh, open on his side, so to speak. Uh, and she's aware of it, but they have a very simple understanding. They have they have a system. She's made her peace with it, essentially. And uh, but it's like you got to be here before breakfast, essentially. And he he shows up a little late. She whips out a gun, like it is at an eleven immediately. Right. <laughs> and you're just like, oh, okay. So we're doing we're doing this, like this is okay all right um and shortly hereafter i think do they mention in the opening uh kind of scroll or text do they mention the sun i don't I think, think so. we're just kind of organically brought into that i think it just mm -hmm. i think the setup is basically like it's post-war italy like ferrari's like kind of hangs in the balance and here we go so uh but you basically find out we're like a year removed from the death of their son. Um, mm -hmm. He and Penelope Cruz. And obviously you see him in the opening, their woman. And subsequently we will, of course, find out uh, this is his mistress of a, uh, a long period of time. Uh, and that he does, in fact, have... Uh, I mean, I don't want to be unkind, but he he's a bastard. He, you know... And he's a, a hidden child, essentially, secret mm -hmm. kid. And so we've got that. Also, as you mentioned, you know, they are Ferraris on the verge of bankruptcy. I did you go much into like the history of all this? I thought the whole the whole idea that like he's in this for the racing, like he is a racer, even now as he has retired after seeing like several of his friends die, etc. Right. Um, it's like he's very much still in this for that and the commercialization, if you will, of the cars of like actually selling them like, you know, to the public is not really much of a concern. But now yeah. it is becoming one because the racing side is kind of failing and not sustaining itself in terms of the cost, et cetera. So we've got that going on. Uh, meanwhile, there's a new uh, I, I this was a real guy. Obviously, but and excuse me, is it Deport Deportago? Yeah, Alfonso Deportago. That's the new. That's the new guy who comes in, correct? Mm -hmm. Who's kind of right. catches him at the light when he's on his way home, and tries to talk to him, and basically is like, you know, trying hey, to I be mean, on the team, trying to be on right. the team essentially. Right. And he kind of becomes a stand-in, his kind of like little sub narrative, if you will. I feel like for like all the racers of this era. You know, mm -hmm. um, and again, I should say, you know, you said 
you you knew a little bit. I I would say I knew next to nothing about Ferrari as a figure, about this period of Italy, really. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, it's just not something I'm familiar with. So I'm I'm going in completely cold. And you know, we I'll I'll save those thoughts. Anyways. So where where do you want to go next? We don't have to like go straight straight through the plot, but well, no, I just, it's one of those things, one of the things early on that I think was interesting, and it was the only time that I was kind of like, all right, dude, I get it, was when they had the mass for all the drivers, and he compared them, like, if Jesus was alive today, he wouldn't be a carpenter, he'd be an engineer. Great, great scene. He, not only like with metal, not wood. And I'm like, okay, dude, we get it. Like, <laughs> driving is everything to these dudes. And like, he invented, like, I don't know if they... Ex explained it in the scroll but like grand prix cars and racing like that it's because of ferrari like they mm -hmm. invented that view you know what i mean right and so this idea and i because i was thinking about it, i was talking about it afterwards with bex it's like the idea for this was that like eventually if you want to break it down maybe it doesn't have its roots there but it's it's basically what it what it evolves into is like hey i make cars and i race cars oh i make cars and i race cars well, we're all, we all have a lot of money and we all are like significantly well off compared to other people. So let's build these cars as fast as we can. Let's push the, the limits and the edge up to the edge of this technology that was less than a hundred years old at this point. Right. You know, with inside of 60 years, we're at this thousand mile race where people are going at, you know, break a hundred miles an hour plus if they can, you know, Mm-hmm. With no guardrails and just people just out on the road watching them. Like, okay, okay. You know? And so it's all around this idea that, like, I don't know if it's, like, you know, I don't, I, again, I you could probably think of many ways. It's like, okay, you, so the guys that build them are no longer going to be, like, racing them. But they're going to get, like, the young guys with the nerves of steel that do this because they love it. They like, they would die for it, all this different stuff. And it's like, right. I don't know how much feeds that, that feeds into like the macho mentality of like, look at me. I'm a man. I drive a fast. I don't know what it means. I just knew that it's like, it's this weird thing of like, you talk about Ferrari, you talk about this, you talk about that. Like, I think because they got rid of their own dude and decided they wouldn't mind being on our site. I think we forget about like Italy and the war and like, their part in all that and we just kind of sideswipe it and it's not this thing that we like put in there because you have guys like ferrari who are like they're living through that he talks about like the nazis were coming to like basically do he had to do what he had to do to like survive any well, sort and, of like occupation by like the fascists and whatnot well and, and you can also also look at like the innovation on the, you know that side of things especially post-war as like a response to oh you know the the majesty of german engineering or whatever and trying to basically like no look at what look at what we're building right exactly like yeah mm -hmm. um yeah because the bmw's so, not competing at all it seems like or any any real german's not really competing well what are the other ones that's in there i think there's i think there's a beamer is there not be a beamer in there am i crazy it's um I know Fiat and then what was the other big car company? Maserati is Maserati, there, yeah. As the kind of their main rival at that moment. Right, yeah. Uh yeah. Again, I'm not the you you are way more it the car guy. Uh, 
if anyone is on know. this podcast. Do even, but uh, do we even get anything from Lamborghini? I don't even know if he came along. If he was, a, I don't. I don't, I don't even know. know if that was a thing at this Lam- point. Lambos are mentioned, but um, yeah. To that yeah, point, no, it, I it, think Lamborghini's not founded until like the, six years later. The so. mass that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Is just an incredible sequence to begin with. Like that, so they hear that there's a rival team in town. It's Maserati, right? Essentially, right. they've called mm-hmm. in like big name racer, and they're trying mm-hmm. to break Ferrari's current record. And so right. they're literally they're all in church at mass, and they hear like the they can hear the starting gun go off essentially. So they're all like sitting there clocking it themselves. Uh, mm-hmm. And you're cross-cutting between like the mass that you mentioned, which is contextualizing like what he means currently in Italian culture and society, like the level that they're seen at essentially. Um, and meanwhile, like, you know, it's all these dudes literally sitting in pews, like looking at stopwatches and the way Michael Mann edits it, you're like, this is incredible. Like what an right. action sequence. I, and I was just immediately in it. Um, and so shortly after, uh, they have, they got to have their dude, you know, reclaim the record, right? Right. And that's our first, like, holy shit scene, right? Am I remembering yeah, this all correctly? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, no. Uh, You're right. Yeah. So again, dude shows, uh, Deportago, Deportago, mm-hmm. Deportago, uh, shows up, uh, you know, still trying to get FaceTime with Ferrari me and he's just can't be bothered. It's like, Nope, we got, you know, I'm dealing with this thing over here. So their racer who we see, he gets woken up like fancy hotel model with him. Mm-hmm. Essentially. And it's like, Hey, you know, presumably like probably a little, a little hungover from the night before we're guessing mm-hmm. most likely gets called in to do this thing. You're like, okay, <laughs> like this seems a little dangerous. But uh, yeah. Needless to say, uh, things are going fine until they're not. Uh, and when that happened, I had heard in advance. Obviously, there had been some like some talk about the crashes, so I knew obviously we're going to see some crash. Some of them were essentially teased in the trailer, but uh, there've been some criticism of like the effects, et cetera, et cetera. When this happened, I was literally like jaw on the floor. Oh yeah, it's um, not, I mean, it it's is just telegraphed imi- if you think about it, but it's not telegraphed. Oh, absolutely, at all. But it's it's imagery that I'm trying to think, and I just like I don't think I've ever seen it the way it's quite staged like that, and the mm-hmm. way he is ejected from that car, and we get the slight slow mo of him almost just like floating in space away from it. I was it was I was like whoa, that's a person kind of thing it was mm-hmm. like extremely jarring uh felt realistic but also like you're showing me something i've never seen before like but it feels like oh that's how this would happen uh just immediately jarring but on top of all of that again the spectacle maybe the thing that like a lot of your mainstream movie going audience is maybe coming to this movie for mm-hmm. immediately comes down to character because everything you need to know about Enzo Ferrari <laughs> is communicated right then because the look on his face is like, 
and it's a Tuesday. Yep. Like, it is so nonplus that you were like, what, wait, what? That, like, it's, <laughs> is this secretly a, a, a Terminator prequel? Like, what the fuck is going on? You're like, hey, Portaga. You're like come by my office tomorrow. Yeah, immediately. You know, like it's and just it, all right, almost dude. almost played like a, a comedic beat if you wanted if you wanted to read this as a dark yeah. comedy that he immediately goes over and it's like, oh yeah, the guy who's been hounding me, like, uh, oh yeah, I guess I do have a spot for you now. Um but again, and and we do he does verbalize the psychology of it, but it's like when he's it's when he's talking to his son, uh at the when he when he goes to visit the grave, rather, uh his dead son. Uh and he I talks it was to his mother that he was talking to about it. Like if he should blame somebody, he should blame his mom. He's talking to like either Laura or his mother. And he's like, if if you want to blame somebody, blame his mother. He she's the one that told him he ought to marry that girl. So, you know, he took his eye off the prize and was oh, more concerned no, 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 with her no. than I, I excuse me. I was no, referencing sorry, more I was referencing more of the emotional state. I think oh, he, yeah, I yeah. think okay. he says it to his when he's talking to his dead son in the like kind of mausoleum and everything. That he essentially he had to build a wall after seeing his uh, friend. Okay, so there were friends that died in crashes prior, correct? Right. And then did he also lose some friends in the war itself? I was confused I about that. So his his father and brother they served. They all served in World War One, but they died in the thirties from uh, flu. from auto act. Okay, never mind flu. Gotcha. He raced for a little bit with Fiat and then started his own thing and then racing team and all that. Then started a production line of cars and all that. But yeah, I don't know if it's like a best friend because I don't know who there is that mm -hmm. shot of like somebody leaving on a ship for war. And it's like, well, that's not his brother or maybe or maybe another brother, but his older brother that's his dad had his dad's same name as dad. Like he died of like. After World War One, before World War Two, yes, and it was you an know? illness, uh, right? That's right. So, but he talks about like ap after that, essentially having to like build a wall and like cut himself off from all that. So, right. you see that in practice, but like I said again, that gives you so much character shit, and it's mm -hmm. like it's a set piece and it's spectacle, but it's it. I mean, it to me again, that's man all like just all in one little sequence right there, just like perfectly mm -hmm. wrapped up in a bow. And there's so many moments like that throughout this movie. So that kind of, that gets now Dave Portago, he's the, you know, the new guy coming in. Um, We have him meeting with like, I guess whatever is like, you know, financial consultants or the, yeah. the you know, the guys who essentially are like, you know, you're hemorrhaging money. You got to sell more cars. Uh, and you know, it would help in terms of PR if you won the Millimiglia that's coming up. So we have that set up. They're going to build a team. Meanwhile, uh, we've got kind of the parallel of like, we see him with his, his new son, mm -hmm. uh, with Lena and uh, so, excuse me. The new son is Pietro, is that or Piero? Yes, he is the one that's still alive that they met with to talk about everything. He's yeah. the current president of Ferrari. And the so, what was the name of the son who had passed away? Uh, Dino. Dino, thank you, Dino. 
and also the name of his brother, which we mentioned. Okay. Right. So, uh, sorry, uh, Alfred, Alfredo Ferrari, Alfredino. So Dino for sure. Alfredino, but yeah, that's right. But that's Alfredo right. is his so, the same name as his brother. You're right. Right. And so we, we get a little bit more of the kind of home di- or home away from home dynamic he has uh, with the Lena Lardy character played by Shailene Woodley. I will just say um, just, you know, just overall, just an overall note. One of the only things that for me personally holds this movie from being bad, like maybe a stone cold, like masterpiece is the Shailene Woodley performance, which I think is gets there emotionally when it needs to but is uh maybe maybe not as dialed in as uh as her acting partner <laughs> i guess yeah, is the way i, I would put it but again i feel like she still hits the the core of what she needs to which is essentially like what are we doing here like are you, are you gonna like claim this kid make him a part of your life like you know it's not so much a concern for my feelings, but what's what's he gonna think? Like he's getting older, he's about to he's about to get his what confirmation. Right. Yeah. And it's a matter of like what name he'll you know, what name he'll take on, et cetera. Uh meanwhile, we should mention his wife, Laura Penelope Cruz, again, she's aware that he has affairs. What she's right. not aware of is that she's that he's had a long-standing, ongoing, uh, essentially second family, uh, mm-hmm. or that this kid exists. Right. So we should also mention she's like very involved in the day-to-day business. She helped him build the business. Uh, you know, she's she's a mover and shaker. She's makes decisions, etc. And so, in the course of her kind of looking through, moving some money around, looking at where they're at, etc. She goes to the bank. She finds these payments that have been made, and mm-hmm. eventually finds this estate. Uh, oh, dude! Like when that when that dude, bank, when, when she, that bank dude told her, I was like, "Oh, bro, you're fired." Bro. <laughs> you're like so I was thinking for... about some dude. There's been so many times where like somebody's said something. I've heard it's probably her most relatable something. scene in the movie for you. Yeah. Well, yeah, but like that. I've heard a teller say something. I'm like, "Oh no, you weren't supposed to fucking say that, dude. Like you yeah. can't say that." Because people are like, "I'm sorry, what?" And like, and they're like. Oh, because I, I I always get on people because one of the biggest things they talk about is like you don't talk to other members when you know that their spouse or significant other or someone they know has been in here. If someone asks you, you say, "Oh no, I haven't seen them," and you don't volunteer. Oh yeah, they came in here earlier. Like that's a big thing <laughs> that I I get right. I get pissed off about because they they make a point that it's technically you can, you can go you can get in trouble for that. So uh-huh. when he's like, "Oh yeah, well it's there's these payments of this and that," I was like, "Oh shit." This guy just fucked him over. <laughs> Didn't even know that he did it. Wasn't even thinking. It's like, whoops. Didn't think like, well, whoops. maybe maybe the commendatory doesn't want his wife to know where this money's going. Yeah. But indeed, he's just and and then like, yeah. that eventually leads to uh, one of the more like emotionally devastating silent scenes I've seen in a while, mm-hmm. which is just her rolling up to the estate and kind of processing in real time all on her face and on top of all that you're like okay she gets that like 
there's clearly a woman here or whatever. But then when she sees that car mm -hmm. that is clearly her son's toy and has mm -hmm. now been given to the mm -hmm. other son, and that's like how she finds out about it. And the fact that it's a toy car, I'm just like, dude, sometimes just like, just just do all the shit. Do all the simplest stuff. Like, just put it all in there because sometimes I just want that shit, dude. I was just like, oh my god, dude. That, yeah. uh, and Penelope Cruz, who I love in pretty much everything I've ever seen her in, but is somebody who is has always been stronger in her native tongue. Mm -hmm. This is the best English language performance, I think, I've oh, ever yeah, seen her down, give. dude. Uh, just so, so out uh she my was, favorite thing was like was literally incredible. the next scene that car is back at at their house with Laura. Oh, i love it yeah becky picked up on she said did you see the car and i was like what she said she took the car and brought it back to the house i was like i saw her take the and car he's, and i didn't he's realize almost, yeah he's, he's almost oblivious, oblivious to to yeah yeah you know exactly. i'm just yeah and so yeah and this there's a yeah there's a scene later between his mother and her that i was just like oh my god dude like that's just talk about mm. like it's one of those things that it in it's it's if you don't know what it is it's that they they could not you could not divorce in italy it was not a thing it was not happening at that point in time so right. it that does kind of if you if you're coming to this as like like someone who's like you know Oh wow! Like they, he, she just knew. It's like, yeah, she knew, and yeah, she didn't know all of it, but she knew. But it's one of those things where it's like, she, I, I almost kind of look at her as like she's like a partner at this point. She is half a Ferrari, and we find right. that out like moving forward that like she's a big half of it, you know. But it's one of those where like because that's the culture and that's the whole thing, there is this like, you know okay, well, I can't really get a divorce. And that, there's a whole other side of that with like, you know, forced marriages and like if somebody like, you know. Well, and pri prior to this, we have the whole element of like, she she is half of the company. Yeah. And he needs her to basically sign everything over to him. So he can so make a deal. he can he have negotiating to... power because mm -hmm. he's considering going to the table with possibly Ford, something he's not actually considering, but th that's a whole other element, the way he plays the press. Like, oh, we dude, haven't I love talked the way, about dude, like, so all of that good. stuff. We'll get, we'll get into that. But we, yeah. So we've already set up that like, she's, she's got some cards to play essentially. Mm -hmm. um, and she, I believe their initial agreement, cause I think this is before she knows, right? Right. Before she knows, she's going is, to handle want, all that. Right. That's when I want she to check goes for five hundred million. Yeah, exactly. I want to check for five hundred million, she, and I'll sign everything over to you. And he's like, "You cannot cash this, like, until we've made a deal. Essentially, if you do, you could bankrupt us." So we kind of we have that hanging back here right. in the back of our brain. She does theoretically have him by the balls. Yeah. Yes. Uh so I guess I mean, do we want to go ahead and get into like the scene? Between the two of them, or should, oh, yeah. should we, we save can... that? I don't I forget when it occurs in relation to like it's before the race, isn't it? Um, or is it after? Yeah. Is it in the aftermath of the race? I can't remember. 
It's the aftermath of the race. Okay. She the scene so, I'm talking about with the his mom happens yes, before. The okay, race. remind me remind me that because I'm a little Well, cuz they're going back and forth sequence. and she's she's it's I don't know if she's told him cuz I can't remember if he finds out that she knows about him about his other son before or after the race. But I feel like she's before. Said, it's definitely right. before. And at that point she makes the comment of like what does he need another son for? Like I already, I already gave him a son for this and that. And his mom says, "Well, it turns out he needed more than one." Or like it turns out, you know, mm -hmm. well, he just needed this one too, or whatever. And it's just one of those where it's like, "Wow, dude!" Like no matter what, like your in laws can just cut you down, and it doesn't matter. Dude. <laughs> just like yeah, just and this, this whole like this is know, a the mom. hierarchy. It's like that's 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 your husband's mom being like, this. yeah, well, you know, you didn't, you, you gave him one, but if to imply that like, well, if it wasn't your and his kid, maybe he would have been strong enough to get over this illness that he had, you know, right? To the effect, like and that's again, the cold. This burn is behind a this it, is you know? a mother who says of her. <laughs> Her own child, her own living child, <laughs> that the wrong kid died. Like, exactly. leads to people. Yes. So it's like, yeah, that's like a triple, double, you know, squared yeah. burn. I don't know. Yeah. That, yeah, she is a tough cookie. Uh, Mama Ferrari. I, yeah. I'm not sure of her name. We're calling her Mama Ferrari. <laughs> I love when he comes in. It's after she the is so short compared to adam driver it is very funny it's she perfect. is like a miyazaki character when she, when she comes in i after think it's after the crash and she's like all right my bags is packed they're gonna leave he's like we're not going anywhere oh yeah she's... okay and she just leaves <laughs> oh all right we're not going anywhere we're, we're so, not having okay, to run for the hills because they want your blood okay that's something i want to bring up <laughs> because this movie gets to some pretty dark places it's pretty heavy emotionally but i gotta say this shout out to the late Troy Kennedy Martin, who wrote this screenplay, okay, he passed, the movie's been, or like this project been around for so long, he passed away in 2009 oh, at geez. age 77. So his last couple credits, uh, his last movie that got made was Edge of Darkness with Mel Gibson. I don't know if you remember the, you know, it was a British, British movie they brought over here. Did you shoot uh, my daughter? He did uh, Italian you job. You shoot my daughter. <laughs> he did the Italian job remake. Okay. Or excuse me, he did the original Italian job. Oh God. Yeah. And so he gets credit on yeah yeah. What else? Oh, he did Edge of Darkness, the TV miniseries. Never mind. Uh Yeah, a lot of TV. Kelly's Heroes back in the day. Whoa! Right after the Italian job. So yeah, shout out to him. But I think this is. I mean. I think it's a fantastic just script. Like maybe my favorite script he's had since The Insider, I would say, just from a sheer writing standpoint. Like I love the jargon of Miami Vice and mm -hmm. Black Hat um, and that whole vibe and mode. But just from a like pure writing set, like of like every scene has like a fucking great button on it. There are some like zingers of lines, like a lot of stuff to chew on. Uh, I just thought the screenplay was incredible, particularly some of the monologues that we'll get into. But, uh, yeah, so, but yeah, it has those moments of like dark comedy or levity or whatever, however you want to look at it, even in the midst of all of this very, very heavy drama. The movie is very, 
operatic without like, I mean, it draws a pretty fine point. We have a whole like centerpiece sequence kind of set around opera. And it's like, it is very much like these characters, these real life people are living out these levels of emotion and like right betrayal uh just like you know the depth of sadness of like losing a child uh the tragedy of losing a brother like all of, all of these like big grand emotions um that's so much a part of that culture too it's like i don't know there's almost an aspect of like are these are they somehow living out these like larger than life you know is that is that inherently an italian thing to like you know to always have some some turmoil in your life right that's like you just constantly have to have it it's like the i don't know maybe it's some weird romanticism thing from like just the old country as they say i don't know yeah yeah i I get what you're so uh back over to the racing side again the side that i feel like i'm so curious to talk to like i feel like you even being like a car guy like Mm -hmm. broadly speaking a fan on that level you were going into this though like also as a huge michael mann fan i guess my question or concern and i haven't been able to talk to him yet because he hasn't seen it but like my boss at work he's like he's a gearhead type guy Mm -hmm. and like is he gonna like this i guess is my biggest question like the people who are going to this for strictly the racing side of things when they get all of this familial drama um it you know are they gonna go for it because again i was arguably like as if not way more invested in the stuff happening off of the track than the stuff happening on the track and now I think is maybe a good point to get before we get into those big monologues and everything. You said something earlier about it not necessarily feeling like any prior man movie. And I would agree with you to a certain extent, which is I was surprised how, for lack of a better word, more classical it felt right from the get go. Mm-hmm. Um, like when we're kind of, once we're into the movie itself, like, you know, he opens with, you you know, he's trying to put him in that period. And like, again, it's intercutting with like actual footage. But once we're into the story proper, I was like, oh, okay. Because I, I wasn't really, you can't quite tell from the trailer, honestly. I was like, is he going more like high res DV, like right. full on version of that? What's he going to do with it? And he's not. It's far more traditional. Hmm almost like I, so then i'm like okay i kind of have to almost reframe i'm like when was the last time he was in this mode and i'm like i mean i guess really it's heat because like which came after last Mohican, Mohican, which came after which Mohican, is what he which wanted is definitely to, more in that mode right but this is what he wanted to do after last Mohican, well, so it perfectly fits that he would just right. go back and do that but here because here, that's yeah here's the thing though I'm immediately going like, okay, but like, I, I you know, kind of came to see my boy cook. Like what's, you know, I want, I want some of the last, the last era essentially. Mm-hmm. And we do get it, but it is isolated to the racing sequences. Right. And when, once we're in those, he 
I think it he's way more in the like wild like you are there documentary oh just from just from the audio style alone like oh I, dude i mean if it doesn't win for best sound i mean i was the, gonna say the, i i had been giving so many props to the killer and i still think that it has impeccable sound design but like this in a th and again i didn't get to see that movie in a theater this in the theater best like sound experience of the year oh yeah like i say that more so than oppenheimer like legit because it, it's not just it's not just the engines and the cars sound crazy. It's like there's there's a lot of other shit going on. I'm just saying. Right. So um I got a little lost in the sauce there. What were we talking about? About how it's just not like his, but also kind oh, okay. of, it still so, is innately. But his. I was saying I think it's the best fusion of those two things. Because right. some people like public enemies didn't work for them because it's like, oh, you're this is really jarring doing period in this this style essentially mm -hmm. but i thought here implementing it where it's like in the racing sequences is when we transition into that made them almost like more powerful more engaging and it's almost again we haven't really talked much we haven't gotten too much into the the duality metaphor <laughs> The, the thematic thread of this whole movie but the two sides of, of everything the two objects if you will um but to me i just i kept seeing it as a further echo of that where it's like it has these two almost very distinct filmmaking styles as if the racing itself exists in this this other space like it's communicating maybe not even the romanticism of it, but which is one way that you could shoot this. And he talks about that a little bit in some of the behind the scenes stuff where he was like, I didn't want to be super objective. I didn't want to have a ton of like, here are these gorgeous landscapes like at a distance and these cars like, you know, winding through it, yeah. winding through it at high speeds. But like with a remove is like, I wanted you to be subjective, like in like right in there with him. And in a theater, it's, I mean, some of the most visceral racing sequences I think I've, I've seen honestly outside of something like, like a death proof where, you know, they're like, they're doing this shit. Mm -hmm. And the fact that this is like, they're in period cars or replicas in some cases. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have, you have Dempsey, for instance, we haven't like really mentioned yet but as kind of like the go-to guy on the racing team and who in real life is like one of these dudes who's oh yeah, he's got his own like racing a team. huge he, racer and everything. And is very, had like, they had originals, he probably, yeah. I think he's got licensure to be able to drive originals if they had them to use. Cause he would have been the only one that they would have like, they would have insured and trusted to do it. Yeah. So that feeling of just like knowing going in, it's like, I, I know he did his homework. I know this is going to be presented right. as realistically as possible. And then to get into these sequences, bro, I was like, they're, they're really doing this. And like, really like that sense of speed that I feel like is so hard to communicate right. on screen in a way that doesn't feel effects heavy. And it, it just, I don't know, dude, the way they capture, especially like, the tree lines and the way like things kind of warp like at high oh, it's just incredible filmmaking like it 
I think for a person like me who's not like a I'm I'm not a huge car guy, I'm not a huge like racing fan in general, it kind of makes you get it. It like it it, it really gives you the visceral thrill. It kind of like lets you scrape the surface with a little bit of like, oh, I kind of I kind of get why people might be into this a little bit. You, and can then you see it this? also uh pull it back a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah the kiss of death. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like well, the I mean, fact that that's there, yeah. you know, that just proves it's like, no, they're really, they're really, yeah, he, he's done his homework. We know exactly where they are, what they're doing. And it's one of those where like, I didn't know until I researched it that this has taken 20 plus years, but knowing that after the fact, after watching, I'm like, I'm taking every, everything that I was told, everything that happened in that. Mm -hmm. What, if any, was embellished, but like knowing that they met with the man that they met with the guy that's, you know, essentially it's, he's being portrayed by a little boy, but like they met that guy, they met Enzo's, you know, flesh yeah. and blood and they talked to him about everything about, they, you know, went over thousands of documents to try and figure out what exactly happened with that crash. It's like, yeah. So when I see that crash on screen, I know that the lead actor who is, isn't in that scene and know that the director who's been trying to do this for 20 years. And I know that the son of the man that we're watching a movie about, they've all sat down and talked about it. Mm -hmm. And so that's as close as you're ever going to get to what actually happened short of somebody recording it on uh, a film reel and just happened to catch it in 1957, which we know that didn't happen. Yeah. But it's also, it's one of these things where like, maybe we haven't talked about it, but it's like that guy Portago, he was already like an aristocrat. He already had like, he was already a big deal. None of these guys are like bums. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so they're I like just, overnight celebrities, essentially, yeah. regardless. Like even mm -hmm. if they came from nothing, it's like they're they are the rock stars, if you will, of of that era. Um, so we kind of got his parallel narrative built up. You got Sarah Gadone, who um, I'm. I'm rewatching True Detective season three right now. She's she's she started as the interviewer. Uh, I forgot. Yeah, so uh, that's getting built up. I feel like really the main things we need to hit. So they have the the qualifying run, uh, and things don't go like great for them. Essentially, uh, do they lose? Does do they lose somebody in that as well? Or no, uh, it's just no somebody else wrecks in that. I just remember like them driving through flames and smoke and stuff. But that's the one where they don't perform as well as they want them to. And it leads to him kind of having the sit down with the team afterwards. Mm -hmm. Where, I mean, I would never be able to do it <laughs> anywhere near the justice he does, but it's the best. It's, I mean, it's the whole movie like coming together all one right there. Um, but it's essentially like I, I need you got like if you're gonna race for me, you gotta be willing to die. Essentially, is what he right. builds up to saying. It's like, uh, and he gets into the concept of like two objects not being able to occupy the same space and time. Like eventually, you know, one's got to pull ahead. And he's like, and the reason the, that you lost today was because the other guys, they said fuck it. And, and went anyways it's basically like that's what i need you guys to be willing to do no hesitation no mm -hmm. nothing like that's you know because yeah, didn't he take him off like he was like when he came in he was like all right you're out like get out 
And he's yeah. like, what? And he was like, we're going to let him drive. And it's like, I could have taken it. It was like, if you were going to yeah, take why, it, you would why have. are you holding back? Essentially, well, you're holding back. Yeah. Just do it, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and it's one of those things that like, I don't, one of the things that I feel like, at least in that sequence has shown is a lot of people probably don't think about it because they don't, we, there is a, there's not a tradition. There are several courses here. If you were just a casual racing fan, there are several courses here that like the top, top, top of racing in the, in America, in the States that they do have roads, but like most of it is how can you manage making a giant left turn or several turns to the left for so many so many laps whereas this lot of like at this point in time it's since kind of like kind of dropped down i don't know how long lamanda's track is i know you're just doing it a whole 24 hours but like Mm -hmm. this one especially is like it's a thousand miles from here to here and you're just gonna go you know and his whole thing here is get out in front stay out in front you know Mm -hmm. and it's just a kind of a testament to like what I was trying to get. It was like the differences is that like there are lines and angles that like you think you can, but if you don't, you're going to be, you're dead. Like mm-hmm. if you're not like the scene where he has to take, because he's holding back either. He's going to go, he's going to find that line cut in and the other driver's going to back off because it's like, if I, if I hit this dude, we're both fucked. Right. Or the other driver is going to say, fuck it, that's my line, and you are both dead. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're dealing with. You know, again, we're less than 100 years removed from the invention of this technology that's propelled men to fight two different world wars at this point. Yeah. And now we've reached the pinnacle. And the only thing we can think to do with this is like, well, let's just make them as fast as we can and let's see who can get there the quickest. What you is, know, who can engineer the fastest, like, what does he death call machine? It? Um, my deadly passion, my yeah. terrible joy. Yeah. Right. So, so good. And it is one, I mean, it is genuinely for the people like me in the audience who are like, I don't, I mean, I mean, yeah, it's cool to drive fast, but like, I mean, not, not that fast, man. I don't know. I don't, I, I don't know if I get the appeal. It, it is kind of the, the moment where you're like, all right, yeah, and that's what that ultimately is what separates like me from from a person like Enzo Ferrari. It's just like I, I that's that would never be me, dude, and I, I will maybe never be able to fully understand uh, that that kind of like devil may care, almost death wish mentality level of thrill seeking. It's something that I think I engage with a lot in terms of like uh you know it, whether it be I, I, last year i talked about a uh, hundred foot wave like with the big wave surfers and stuff like mm-hmm. i i do like watching stuff like that because i'm fascinated by the mentality that allows people to to do that and take part in things that are like you know where they can convey it's like here's what i get out of it here's like the the high if you will the like euphoric feeling that I'm able to achieve at different points in this. And it's like, okay, but the whole like literally risking life and limb side of that, 
that's not okay for me. I'm <laughs> just like, right. I feel like well, there's got to be a safer way to find euphoria. You know what I mean? It, yeah, I and it's, but it's this interesting thing because I'll, like, I'll never get you, it. That's why I'm fascinated by it. Continue. Exactly. But you got to think like, all right, what if this is three years earlier, right? And it's the race. It's the same race. It doesn't have the same stakes, but it's the race. Mm -hmm. And he's got his son, 23, 24 years old. Company's all right. You know, it is what it is. Um, is he giving those those guys this speech? Is he always that? Or is this a man that in this particular snapshot in 1957, his company is could be in ruins. His wife has found out he's having he's had an affair and he has another child. Um, and there's all these other things going on. And so he's got nothing to lose. And he's like, guys, he, he's going to drive and die. He's willing he's to say, fuck it. We both fuck die. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. exactly. And that's, I think. It's like, we don't know. We never will know if like, that's the same mentality he had before the specific point in time where all this is coming down on him. And right. this race is important, but it's one of those where like, for a guy like him, I mean, he kind of gave, he gave up driving for he, you know, he wanted to be around for his son, Dino. Like he famously, he quit and focused on making cars. Mm -hmm. And so, and by all accounts, like, you know, when Dino came around and they got, he got old, cause he was like 23, 24 when he died. He wasn't young. I think in my mind, before I read that, I'm thinking like, oh, well, he was like the same age as this little boy. It's like, no, no, he had lived a full, like they had time with him, both of them, mm -hmm. you know, he was in his twenties. So it, it makes sense. But like, you know you 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 just have to wonder like where where he would have been had the circumstances we've seen that made him brought him here is that what like pushes him to be that guy mm -hmm. or is that just him regardless like any situation he goes into you know because he's just He's as adept at like giving those speeches and getting that from his drivers as he is of like okay guys all right um you're gonna write a story you can tell everybody that I'm thinking about uh, partnering with Ford, okay? But you're going to hold it till this certain time, wait, and then you can publish it, right? Okay, cool, you know? And then it's one of those where, like, when we get to the back half of the story, which we can in a minute, we see that, well, was this always him? Or was, like, did he have help learning how to be this way from Laura? You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Because before we get to that point, we obviously have to talk about you know, the big, the biggest thing, like of the worst thing of all of the shitty things that happened this year in his life, this is by far the worst. And yeah. it's the crash. Yeah. yeah. So we get, I mean, an incredible like racing sequence top to bottom that you kind of know from the kick. I mean, again, it's it's telegraphed because we know movies and he's not necessarily shying away from it. I think because he also knows there's a certain amount of people who are going into this, uh, probably a good bit of the big racing fans who probably know what's coming. Right. I had no idea other than I know how movies work and right. the way they were setting up the character of Dave Portago was like, he is a marked man. <laughs> like right. literally he's not going to make it. <laughs> I don't know how, I don't know why, I don't know what exactly is going to transpire, but there's that character is not going to meet a good end. What I did not know 
is that he was going to kill multiple uh, women and children. And uh, what was it, eight or nine people? How many? Um, not 10 spectators, five were children, and oh, then there Jesus. were 20 more injured. It is. Yeah, as soon as, dude, no, not even that, dude. As soon as the whole family is oh, sitting soon. down eating oh, dinner, yeah, I'm like, oh, dude, this is not, this is the not way, good. And I had he, no, again, I had yeah. no idea about this either. As oh, okay. much as I know. Gotcha. I had no idea going into it. But it was one of those where, like, because it was just me and her in the theater, we both kind of looked at each other like, um, oh, shit. What? And because it's one of those things where it's that, like. Because you're like, you're like, dude, the kid, the kid, the kid, grab, like, grab your kid. And they do initially, like, like in that early month that when they want to run out yeah. and look and everything, mm -hmm. and you're like, oh, okay, I think we're good. Yeah. It's like, in this case, it would have been better to let the kid run in the road. He probably would have missed the car, you know? Like, yeah. it's, yeah. Um, But yeah, just basically. And so, so we, we, when we, you talk, just so we're on the record, you talked about like, you know, the kiss of death from and whatnot. We have that there. Um, I don't, the one, the one thing I thought was interesting that Becky was pointing out to me, she's like, okay, that guy stopped and didn't show his papers like twice. And I was like, oh, maybe he's going to get to the end and be like, well, you lost because you don't have your papers stamped at each thing. I was like, That'll be interesting. <laughs> and so when the baby starts running out to watch everything, I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no, this is not. Well, this isn't going to end well. And I looked at her, and she looked at me like, why are you looking at me? Not like um, we both had the understanding that, like, something bad was happening. She looked at me as like, what? Am I supposed to know what's, what are you, what are you, what's going on? And Because my whole thing is like, I'm, I don't know. I don't know the – I know there were five children. I don't think we see – any children the aftermath or any carnage with the children we're just told that i don't think we need to see any of that but it's one of those where like when you I bring that this, element of it, it it's i just think the staging of it is both enough to make you understand like absolutely harrowing yeah uh upsetting jaw-dropping all of that stuff and doesn't feel the fact that it doesn't feel gratuitous um and it just feels right. like genuinely like heart-stopping um, I just want to, I mean, I completely unforgettable sequence, like one of those just like, oh, wow. And then on top of the, the aftermath of it though, when he comes out and has to kind of take a walk through the wreckage at night mm -hmm. and, you know, they're trying to confirm whether it was, you know, the fact that they didn't. He didn't want to blow up. He didn't want to hit the tires. He thought he didn't yeah, have he didn't enough time. He didn't want to change him out. Yeah. That's oh, it. excuse me. I mean, we could have had a moment of levity. We've kind of already moved into it. But the moment when dude from Maserati like spins out and then uh, one of the guys, one like, of the Ferrari just, drivers like picks up. I think it's it's Dempsey, isn't it? Is it Dempsey so. or it might be uh, Jack O'Connell? I'm not sure. I think it was Jack O'Connell because yeah, Dempsey yeah. was out further. So and, yeah, they bring him up, and just the Maserati guy just being so ashamed. Like I'd rather you, you walked here. You should have walked. You should have walked. I was just like, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But anyways, absolutely like terrible, devastating crash. It's like, um, and Dempsey like is past all of this at that point, right? So it's like yeah, he wins, he, but he doesn't know. I think he has the like initial like I won, but he. 
very quickly, I think, is informed. And they, you know, oh, my God, they have the moment where, like, uh, Enzo comes to him and, like, is basically like, you shouldn't let the... <laughs> You should let this overshadow your victory. Like right. you did a great job still. And uh again, a great uh wordless performance from Patrick Dempsey thing of just yeah. like, are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like what? <laughs> what yeah. the fuck? Yeah. Um I don't know if you read, but like he dyed his hair that color to get the look and it all fell out. Mm-hmm. It's like poor guy. <laughs> that was one of my favorite tidbits from trivia. Yeah. yeah. Uh yeah, so he kind of has to walk through the wreckage, and it's just, I mean, it's, again, it's just, the movie is so, so thematically rich, but it's like, it's literally the guy who just told a room full of people, you gotta be willing to die for me, you gotta be willing to die for it, uh, for this this thing that we love, again, deadly passion, oh, terrible joy. But when he's confronted with it taking something outside what he sees as the realm of like what we do, like we're racers, we all go into this with a certain like we essentially make a contract with death, like from the get go, like we we know the stakes, we're well aware. Yeah, for those about to die, we salute you. You know, hundred percent. Yeah, but the people who appreciate it from. Maybe not as a terrible, terrible joke. Maybe not as safe a distance as they should, but the people who still are tantalized by this this passion or whatever. But the hell is wrong even, with you, Noah? Even as Jesus, uh, maybe the most fucked up thing I've ever said on this podcast. Um, no, the no, people I'm, who were like no, tantalized, I, I just had to by this from from a distance, being like directly affected by it. That's I think something he's presumably never had to deal with directly prior to that i'm sure i mean a witness to i'm sure any number of terrible crashes at the millimiglia as i look you know the brief little bit of research i did but like the death toll was already around like what like 32 people right at this point they, in history of this big run and they, they still tried it a to, couple years later yeah they still tried to do it a couple more times with quote-unquote more safety uh concerns in place but just um yeah just just the fact that it's like you're watching them and it's like, no, those aren't other car racers. That's other vehicles on the road at this point. <laughs> you know, these guys aren't trying to like get in front of them. That's a dude on his way to work you <laughs> right? know, that early in the morning. And it's like, that is badass that you have the nerves to steal and the, and the, the wherewithal and the, the way to drive and handle all that. But at the same time, what is the fucking point if it's on an open road? Like, Put it on a closed course. Yes. Do it somewhere where like if you, you know, and again, I, I'm sure they looked at this and many other wrecks and many other races to be like, we should probably put a barrier between the fans just as, you know. Well, I you remember think- I see I, I, the only thing I had really had seen akin to it, I feel like rally car racing was really big when we were younger, like early 2000s. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I would see a lot of that where it was like, you know. They're in these big open, like open fields and dirt tracks and stuff. And you have these turns sometimes where people are just piled up to watch like one maneuver, one drift. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, like, again, 
you know, 10 to 15 people are dead or like severely injured because it's just like, dude took a turn too off. When they go through the city in this, like the actual cityscape and it's so windy. I was like, that was so nerve wracking. And Mm -hmm. I think that got me keyed into, I was like, Oh, is something, I was like, is something going to happen with the crowd? But I still just, you know, I, I, I didn't put it all together until it was all just like right there in my face. And that, that sequence was something else, man. That Mm -hmm. was, that was a lot. Uh, so yeah, he's, you know, in the wake of it, confronted with this and then then i mean the i can't remember when it happens relative like i think they have their big blowout fight before the race right because it's post-race when she comes to him and they have the whole finances conversation if you will but yeah it's two i think separate they have the blow about things and she's so, done the, but then the, the, the second right. one is like oh hey that's what it she, is. On top okay, of all this, they have she the, cashed excuse the check. Me. Yes, exactly. They have the kind of centerpiece fight, which is like just an acting masterclass between both of them, where it's essentially she's become aware of the love child, the affair, everything. And it's just like, I can't even like, you know, you just try and put yourself in those shoes. It's like you lost your kid a year ago. Me and like the oh man, I'm sorry, it's just it's so rough, but I'm just like the whole element of you let him die, you promised me he wouldn't die, you know, all of this, and you the reason that he died is because you didn't try hard enough, you took your eye off the ball that you because you were checked out because you basically had like this life raft over here. You had this other like healthy kid, another wife to escape to, all of this. Um, it's just devastating, dude. And mm-hmm. you know, she it and so they it seems like there's there's no them getting past this. This might be like the end of things, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And again, we have that, you know, is it half a mil? Or is it 50,000? How much is it? It's 500,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Hanging out there. So after, like, literally in the aftermath of the crash that night, it's like she cashed the check. You're like, oh, fuck. Like, you know, hit him while he's down. Oh, shit. Come in and they have what I would also argue is one of the best seats in this entire movie. Uh, But where she basically reveals, it's like, uh, no, what I, I actually did the smart thing thing. I told you to be doing this whole time. It's the other element we haven't like fully addressed, but like, you know, mm-hmm. we can leave some things on the table, some things you can enjoy your own time going through, but the, his whole relationship to the press throughout. And that's a huge element of this. And I kind of thought I was like, oh, I was like, I guess they're kind of, if I had to contextualize it from what I know, I was like, oh, they're kind of like how the British press is kind of today where it's like, Oh, they're like really aggressive chronological, or at least I guess how they were a couple years ago. Yeah. That whole perspective. And then I'm like, wait a second. The term paparazzi, (laughs) if I'm not mistaken, 
It's an is Italian it, word. It's Italian. I started putting it together. I was like, oh, they invented this shit. They invented right. the like vicious press cycle, like printing complete slander. Also, like, we'll print whatever we're paid to say <laughs> as well. Which right. becomes a huge element of this. Um so but she's like, I did what you what I told you to do from the get-go, which is basically like I bought off the the good press that you need, like to get mm -hmm. you to get you out of this scenario. Because they because I want to say that right as that starts, like he gets back and either she does she have the newsreel or something, but he just has that like if Italy wants a scapegoat, well, here I am. Like if that's what you want, then you can call me that. Because yeah. like, you know, again, you can't yes, he's driving a Ferrari. Yes, it's your name, but it wasn't his fault. It was a pure pure accident. Tires, you know? It's like this is just odd. And I just thought I thought about it in my, my mind. Um in doing so, like doing research for this i've been listening to a new podcast called infamous america the thing i listened to john dillinger one of the things i kept hearing about that and granted this is like 20 years before that it's like oh they tried to get away but the car broke down and i'm thinking well the car broke down the reliability of an automobile is a relatively i'd say within 20 to 30 year phenomenon because in the first 50 years if you could get it to run great, if you mm -hmm. could keep it running awesome, and if you could keep it doing that for, I would say, more than 10 years with the same one, hats off to you, you know, right. that that as we've evolved, because that's one thing that we may have not touched base on. He didn't want to sell more cars. Those are, from what I understand, at that point in time, and even up through the modern era, they are not mass produced. There's very right. little, like the, the outcome, I want to say they maybe put out like 32,000 cars last year, which is not a lot of cars when you think about what Honda and Absolutely, yeah, Just, yeah. You know, but that, and that's, therein lies the rub of like, but hey, that doesn't, that make it so much better to have a Ferrari because, you know, you, you know, you can, it, they're a thing of beauty, you know? No, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm wrong. 1300 1300 last year 200 sorry i'm sorry 13,221 13, this is a company that still requires people to have specific license to just even come test drive one. And you may not even be able to buy it if they don't want you to. You know what I mean? Right. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure Bugatti and Lamborghini and always are the same way. But this is the first guy to do it. You know, this is the first. And I think, and again, I think that goes back to why this is an important story. And again, you're talking about how, like, we get back to this final scene and she's like, yeah, dude, um, I didn't I didn't fuck you over like you think. Yeah. Like I did what but what, what should have been done. What what she also does in there and it's But here's just, the I, here's the catch. Yeah. Uh I'll, I'll we'll, we'll do this. We'll weather this storm. We'll keep this thing going. But I just I, I can't have you I can't have you acknowledge your other son 
while I'm still alive. Well, again, it's not, again, it's not a catch. She says this is not an ultimatum. Right. Very different from before Right. when she wanted the check. What she says is like so much more heartbreaking. She says, it is my wish that you Right, acknowledge wish, right. him while I'm alive. Mm Um, hmm and cut to, I believe it's like, it's like the next scene, right? It's the next scene is the last scene. mm hmm And it's, it's him with his kid, with his son. Taking him to see his 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 half brother. Right. Yeah. And he, he, he does acknowledge him and we are told at the end of the movie, this is the guy who runs Ferrari. <laughs> like, Yeah. yeah. Two, uh, yeah. Crazy. Two objects cannot occupy the same space Same again. space. Yeah, Um, they can't. you can't, you can't. have a mistress uh, and a son that you hide from your wife out of propriety, even though seemingly all of Italy already knows about it. <laughs> um, Right. you can't have that, those two things coexisting. Um, and yeah, at, at some point you gotta, you gotta choose essentially. And that's, that's kind of what he did. Uh, she, as far as I know, like remained a part of the company, uh, And was was well taken care of, uh, and then eventually, Lena or yeah, Lena Lardy. Uh, eventually, she did move in. And they had you know, an ongoing relationship. But the movie the movie wraps up, you know, kind of like that. That was that, and that that was this period of time. And Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. 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 Mm -
And I think that one very successful. Okay? Yes. Uh, Priscilla. I don't know if you saw Priscilla. I was a huge yeah. fan. It was on my long list. Sofia Coppola's movie. And it is like very strictly focused on the period of time from when she meets Elvis to when she left Graceland. And like, that's kind of it. And even within that, some of it, we do kind of leave out some big chunks and it's very perspective driven. I thought extremely successful, got a very great sense of like what it must've been like to be her and be in that scenario in that time and place. Okay. Some less successful efforts that came here towards the end of the year that definitely colored my response to Ferrari. Did you see Ridley Scott's Napoleon? No. Okay. It'll be on Apple TV plus eventually. And I think maybe in its director's cut format, which honestly I will give a shot. But again, arguably my favorite working actor, Joaquin Phoenix and Ridley Scott, a guy who I'm like kind of half and half on, but like when he's, when he's good, he's good. And I, I do enjoy Ridley Scott quite a bit. Sometimes you get raised by wolves, Ridley Scott. Sometimes you get alien covenant, Ridley Scott, and you never know what you're going to get. I mean, it's just a fact. For sure. So, also, hang on, real quick. Okay. Go ahead. Remind me at the end of this to talk to you about Tony Scott, so I don't forget. I have a thing I need to ask you about Tony Scott. Go okay. ahead. Okay. So, Napoleon, and I'll go ahead and throw it in here. Uh the other one that really you know didn't quite work for me, but maybe a little bit more so than Napoleon. Uh Bradley Cooper's Maestro. Yeah. The Leonard Bernstein biopic. Did you did you see that one? No, I need to watch it. Okay. In both cases, I felt like I was watching. Well, this is true in both cases, like two hour plus uh like length lengthy movies about some of the most influential figure, like in the case of Napoleon, in the history of the world, <laughs> like in recorded right. history, one of the most famous figures. We literally have a complex named after him, <laughs> like right. an enduring figure of history. Many people, there have been many movies, there have been many high profile people who wanted to make movies about him. Okay. Leonard Bernstein, again, beloved figure in like. American culture, also the first great music, American composer, music, yeah. music at large, etc. Somebody who, like, you know, if you if you don't know him, know him, you know the name, kind of thing. Okay, thank you, REM. Exactly. So, uh, it's one of the worst moments of Maestro, by the way, is when they use the REM song in the movie. That happens. No joke. Okay. Thanks, Bradley. <laughs> It's just, it's like he wants us so badly to take him seriously, and then he does shit like that. And I'm like, this is why, this is why they won't give you the Oscars. Control yourself. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways, in both of these cases, I felt like I spent two plus hours with these figures, and I knew less about them than when I went in, dude. Like, Napoleon takes the approach of like, well, we're not going to give you dates. And I'm like, okay, I'm not like a history buff or anything or whatever, but it's just, it's very much just like, all right, you're not really ever going to have a real sense of like where we are in relation to like 
uh, European history at large or like world history, what this means to French culture. Um, and then like just very practical things like Napoleon. What do I know about me? Dumb, like not a history buff. Definitely not a history buff. But you say Napoleon, like what do I know about him? He's short. All right. Okay. Really good strategist, right? That's like, that's kind of his deal. That was kind of the like, he was short, but motherfucker knew how to plan a battle, right? Right. Two and a half hours, Gavin, I shit you not, motherfucker doesn't plan a single battle. There's never a scene where he's like, and you go there, and we'll go there. And I don't know why I'm doing this voice, because Joaquin Phoenix doesn't do an accent, he just does his, his Joaquin Phoenix voice. He just kind of talks like he's in any other like movie where he just uses natural accent but there's no scene where you get to see him like plan a battle or even where they explain to us like hey here's how we want this to go down or here's how we're gonna subvert what they expect us to do there's none of that it's just mm -hmm. like here's a bunch of shit here's just a series of events that are happening okay mm -hmm. no no real sense of him as like a three-dimensional human being or anything same kind of complaints with Maestro, where I'm just like, okay, but like, we're spending so much time, quote unquote, like in the bedroom or behind the scenes that I'm like, I have no sense of like, who this, like, who he is in society and why he is important or like, what, you know, you keep telling me he loves music and he's very passionate about it. And there's kind of like one set piece sequence that tries to illuminate that. I do think it's very effective. But in general, it's just like, I don't feel like I really like know anything about, and maybe you're trying to be like, he's kind of unknowable and is he elliptical or whatever. But it's the, like, in both cases, I was like, where's the take? Like, Napoleon was going to, you know, was a passion project for, I know Kubrick for like years, never got off the ground, ends up doing Barry Lyndon instead. I know Ridley Scott, other directors have been like working towards it. I'm like, what, but why? What, what made you want to tell this story and like hmm. people have asked similar questions with bradley cooper and maestro where it's just like okay but like many people have wanted to make a bernstein biopic everybody seemed to think you were the guy to do it but like this is your take at the end of the day what is the take you know what i mean and so i go into this and i'm like oh i forget michael mann knows how to just make a fucking meat and potatoes good-ass movie, first and foremost, an entertaining film. On top of that, he's very concerned with realism, character, research, motivation, all of that, so that it feeds in organically to what you're watching. And it's just little things like this, dude. The scene where he sits with little uh, Piero, Pietro, Piero. Mm-hmm. And explains to him how an engine works. I was just like, dude, that's all I'm asking for in a movie like this. I yeah, was that's like, when he comes home. It's like literally after I'm, the after telling uh, Fortaga like, he got the job, like, you, he sits at the dinner table. You explain. You explain to like you explain to me a little like again, not a car guy. You make me understand a little bit more about like the beauty of an engine. Like how it can be the whole, the whole thing he describes to his son about like usually something that is, I find that things that are more well-designed or more functional 
are more visually pleasing. Like, you know, that does tend to be the case. But him just explaining engines in that moment, I was like, that's practical information. It's also showing me, like, who this guy is. Like, he, it's not just, oh, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a racer man. I, I get off on this because it's speed. It's like he, you know, it's every aspect of it. It's the the construction, the beauty of these engines. It's like it's, you know, it's so beautifully distilled in a little moment like that where I'm like, I'm getting, again, so much, like, character information right here in, like, you know, what might seem like, Oh, okay, we're trying to build the father-son relationship or whatever, but I'm like, it's hitting like all of that and more for me. Like it's just, you know, it's, it's top-notch filmmaking on right, every but it's, level. It's beautifully layered in like so much that like you and I, we know that, we see that, we get that. But like someone like Becky or anybody else who may not know, may not even be in the Michael Mann, may not even be in the Ferrari, they can watch it and be like, oh, okay, well, he's smart. He knows engines. Obviously, he told his son how they work, you know, so like it's still on like I'm saying it, that's it works on every level. Like it works for you if you like you hit that group of like, oh, I see what we're doing here. It's this just the minutia of this tells me everything I need to know. I've already seen this guy turn to him, turn to this kid who he turned down and say, hey, I guess I need you. So come by the office. We'll get you squared away after this guy's flown out of a vehicle and just, you know, dead, you know, and yeah. it's like. Oh, okay. What time is it? Can I get, are we done here? I got to get, I got to get home, you know? And, you know, so yeah, it does feed into everything like that and informs us, those of us who are there for that, we get fed, like you said, meat and potatoes. We're informed. We, we get these little nuances and it's great. And I can understand where like you, you don't get that from other filmmakers because I feel like they're trying to do too much with like a broad spectrum of things. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you could make like, a movie about Napoleon when he is, you know, banished to the Isle of Elba and just being there. Exactly. There's you so know? many like things right. within there where I was just like, you could have made an entire movie about Waterloo, like, and right. just the build up to that. But it's just yeah. like, instead it just feels like a footnote in like whatever grander. And again, maybe the four hour cut of that movie, like is a fucking banger. Like who knows? And like, but what I saw was just—I don't know—a slog, so, dude. A slog. I can't imagine it being you, an hour and a half longer. But did you did you see the Catherine the Great series with Helen Mirren? No, it was on HBO. And like before that, I was like, "Oh, that's the one that everybody says fucked a horse before she died, right?" Oh, okay. Then I watched the series because Becky was watching. And I was like. Well, there's so much more shit here <laughs> and it's only like six episodes and it does kind of have these different chunks of like with her husband husband gets got she takes power young lover and jason clark jason clark conquers the world for her her son's not happy about it grandson's born she kind of treats the grandson like he's the actual son and kicks the, the son out and then here's the end of her life but we hit all these beats and again, it's a mini series, but at the same time, it's like if you have somebody that big, like a Napoleon, or like even this Leonard Bernstein, you could flesh it out over that, you know. They're just, and this could work as like you in the same way. I as feel like, like if they gave this to Michael Mann to do it for HBO, okay, give me, give me founding the company with your new wife and and D and uh, Dino. 
give me going up against Ford as like, you know, season episode four or five, and then give me, you know, the crowning jewel of retiring and letting your, your new son that you can now say, yeah. Hey, this is my boy, letting him take over. And that's your little six, seven arc episodes. And it's a mini series. You well, could totally I, do that. Again, I'm glad it, that we got it as a movie. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> and not a mini series. But yeah, I think overall with the like the current trend of biopics, there's almost this lean towards they want to obscure stuff so much because it's like, oh well, it seems too obvious to just be like, well, here here's this place and time and like the date that this happened or whatever. And like, you know, we'll vaguely hint at things as opposed to like spelling. And sometimes I'm just like, sometimes I kind of want you to spell them out. You know, right. it's like, I feel like we've moved so far away from like, people don't want to be cliched because there are so many of these exist that almost now those are becoming the cliches that you obscure the thing so much that you almost lose sight of like, well, this could be about anyone, but it's like, that's not always the story you're trying to tell. A lot of times. Yeah. You're trying to take a, like a revered figure or somebody big and kind of and not lay them low, but yeah. humanize them and like make them relatable. But it's like, that's not always the way to do that essentially is like make them so bland that anybody can read themselves into it. You know, I, mm -hmm. I like a strong, bold characterization. We never really like, um, Oh, excuse me. I never mind. I don't know where I was going with that. I was going to say, I think, I think, I don't know that we fully brought home the whole like duality angle and the things not being able to coexist. But, uh, I feel like that was, you know. Well, okay, so like we can do that because when he's with Lena, it's very much like a she's there for him, comfort physically, even though he does hook up with Laura. Like they can't keep their hands. Yes, up they each clearly other, still have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a thing there, yes. you know, and it is that maybe that reminder of like once was for old time's sake. Doesn't matter, but like with Lena, it's very like I'll say it. It very much is the way that Laura you know contextualizes it to him like you're already off and gone with this other family you already have that thing going on and so you see that like maybe and maybe we haven't touched on it because shailene will lean all that but like for all intents and purposes lena is kind of like the the light you know if we're going to talk true detective light fight in the dark i think the mm -hmm. light's winning lena kind of is that light of like if i can just get out of this mess I have to use, you know, I have to, I have to have Laura help me and all that. But if I can just get out of this and keep my company together, I have that on the other side of things. And so there is a lightness with him. I don't think he, I don't think he raises his voice in argument to her at all. Not Even with when Lena, she's no. Right. No. And so that, I think that's the duality you can check. It's like, this is obviously... Where well, he I was wants also, to be, but also understands what it means to be there. Excuse me. This is what I wanted to hit. The ultimate message of the movie that we arrive at with the the crash, essentially, that that's the duality that I wanted to hit, which is essentially it can't he this passion that he, he has for yeah. racing cannot exist without the the tragedy that is gonna right. be inherent and always a part of his life. Because again, it is his deadly passion. But the idea that, like, essentially, his in, his life, his existence, will always be engulfed in some sort of turmoil or tragedy, because he has chosen this as his profession, and these things should not exist together. Like they should, right. you you know, you should not be able to 
take a piece of metal and make it go this fast like this is the, this is somehow like against nature we shouldn't be doing this but yet you've chosen to make it your life's work and so on some level you will always be paying for it uh, mm -hmm. uh i just thought again i thought a, a pretty knockout movie that just left me with a lot to chew on i think two absolutely dynamite performances at the center of it uh some of the most like visceral muscular filmmaking of his career and dude i mean yeah i think the people that that are out there that are like this is like b tier or lesser than or like i i he's so back baby he's so fucking back go oh, yeah. go make heat too and just like blow all of our minds just do it man just do it you know what's crazy what's that the entire time i was like the second half of uh true detective season two i was like you know if you just put a mustache on belcoro it's sunny crockett all over again just the way his hair slicked back and he's got like a five o'clock shadow i was like oh yeah. dude i mean i, I feel like i feel like he's talked about it but like i think true detective I, I forget what the timeline on his like second round of like big sobriety was but I think he basically has talked about that Velcoro performance is very much him tapping into the space he was in when he was making Miami Vice. I get right. a period of time that he claims he does not remember. <laughs> uh, yeah. So well, we remember it and it's amazing. We remember it very fondly and we encourage you to go back and check out all the earlier episodes of man. Yes. And we also encourage Michael Mann, if you're listening there, I, please, I, I, he better not be this would be so embarrassing but um we we do encourage you to make make heat too though or another film please that would be cool so that we can make an episode 15 of manhunters but uh very glad we got to come back and do this one uh you know carpenter if he if he ever if he ever hops behind the chair again uh res resurrect that series and uh, in the meantime, since we stopped doing him, uh, Mr. Robert Rodriguez has basically made like an entire other filmography's worth. Right? Yeah, movies. we could just go. Yeah, we could have a whole like other season. Literally, just we're that. like, all right, Machete kills. He's gonna take a pause for, or, or excuse me, it was all lead up to Alita. Alita, but, and yeah. then it was like, all right, clearly, like this is gonna be a new, a new like chapter in his career, and he has subsequently made, I want to say, like six or seven movies since then yeah something like that come on man so, we gave uh, this man a pandemic a downtime to maybe be we... at his ranch or studio just making stuff of course we're going to be six ready to go the minute we got back up and running oh, i was going to say maybe we just wait until rodriguez basically has made enough movies for us to double the episode count of our original right. series and then we right. just do rodriguez revisited again just yeah. of the second half of his career right. rodriguez re-revisited uh -huh. Yes. There you go. Uh, you wanted me to bring up Tony Scott before we just wrapped out. Real quick, I just have you. When's the last time you went back and watched Beverly Hills Cop two? We haven't revealed something to you on my. Okay, I figured you didn't. You want to know what's crazy? I, no, I'm going to reveal. Like I'm going to say this out loud. Okay. Probably going to get crucified for it. Uh, I've never seen any of them. Okay, you're missing out. 
No, um, I know I am. And mm-hmm. it literally, like, they're all on Paramount Plus. And I'm always like, dude, I got to do these sometime. And I just, I just, just haven't done the it ex- yet. A- but I know I'm going to love it. I know the first trailer, two at dude. least. Yeah. But no, okay, especially so, with that this year, no, I feel like uh, that would be a great thing for us. Too, here's uh, the thing, to though. This is the thing. Talking about True Detective Season 2 and nobody cares. It doesn't matter. So Tony Scott directs the second one, right? Right. Every fucking time Bridget Nielsen is on screen when they're doing these robberies, the person doing the music has stolen the escape from New York the Duke comes to New York theme and he's just slowed it down and changed some of the chords and stuff, but it's okay. I'll have to, I'll have to check this out. Dude, just watch the first, just tonight, please watch the first scene of Beverly Hills cop two and just listen to the music as you're listening to it. And tell me that you don't hear the Duke arrives or whatever that the Isaac Hayes theme from that. Okay. From the escape from New York. I have like, I played it back and forth for two people. Like this is the same song and no one seems to care. And I don't even know at this point if Carpenter knows that he's getting ripped off or not, you know, I don't think he got a check for it, but it is very clearly every time you see the bad guys, they're using different themes from escape from New York played differently. Versus, okay. you know, you know, like you get Axel's theme and then you get like okay. this whole other thing. And it blew my mind away that nobody seemed to care about it. I was like, dude, what, what are we doing here? But it was a Tony Scott film of all of all all the directors in all the world. Like he okayed this. It's like, well, is we, that a nod that you love Escape from New York? Like, no, is this your way of soft pitching Scott, Scott and the Scots? The brother Scott, great Scott again, great Scott. That's what it was called. Great Scott. Who is the great Scott? I don't know. <laughs> great Scotts. Yeah, great Scotts. Because I'm going to mm-hmm. argue with you right now. Some of the most recent stuff, according to this Napoleon thing you're talking about, I kind of feeling like it's Tony, and he's we've been dead always, for a while. We've always said it's Tony. And of course, it's Tony. We've always said it's Tony. Um, but no, I mean, I, I guess this is something to kick around. So we are about to embark. On a uh, an eight week journey through True Detective season four, it's known as True Detective Night Country, uh, starring Academy Award winner Jodie Foster and uh, Kaylee Reese as well. She might be a Emmy nominee. I'm not sure, uh, but yeah, we're very excited about it. That's what's coming up. But here's something I wanted to throw out there: something to ponder in the intervening eight weeks, and maybe. Uh, if you want to email us at the arc of e at gmail.com or hit us up on our Instagram at the arc of e network, uh, let us know because after we finish Trudy, maybe, maybe it's time to do another director series. You know, this was yeah. fun. It was fun resurrecting man, but maybe it's time. Maybe it's time for a new one. We could throw some names in the hat. Um, again, we've often, threatened uh the brother scott or some variation of that where we double up and do uh you know one of each a ridley and a tony each episode just to kind of change up the structure so it almost be like a two by two uh built in that'd be a fun way to do it uh mm-hmm. we've also thrown out like the w paul w.e.s anderson cast where we have the three guys at play um 
At least throw their names in a hat. We should do see what um, happens. What's the one guy? The the weird dude. You have to we be should more co- specific. Uh, we should do like him and um, what's the other guy with the? Oh yeah, we should do something with like David Lynch and like uh, Michael <laughs> Bay or something. We should totally do that. Like I think that'd be fun. We just pit them both together. Is that, um, is that is that what you want to do? Yeah, I mean, we could. I don't know. We could bring back the Bay of Lynch. We could do that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's been at least 17 years since we've done it. So, I mean, it's, it's the same kind of timeline as like the the return, Twin Peaks of Return. So, I feel like it's right on brand I think we for our podcast that nobody asked for. Thank you for forgot, but it's, it's 25 years that we have to wait before we can come back and do more of that. Uh, okay. So why am I thinking 17 yeah, years? I don't know. I don't know. Huh. Okay. 25, 70. No. Yeah. 25 Maybe. years. That is 25. I'll be seeing you in 20. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. That to come. You like. I'm back in style. I don't know why that still bothers me. <laughs> that little man still bothers me, dude. There's so As many well things. he should. Well, so many things, dude. Okay, yeah. Uh, if you have any suggestions for directors you would like us to cover, um, yeah, let us know. Yeah, let us know. I just went through all of Venture recently. We could do that, but you know, definitely been covered. Maybe, maybe we want to go a little more obscure. I don't know. Um, Sydney Lumet. (laughs) Okay. Um, you do realize Sydney Lumet has, I think, like eighty credits or something. It's something insane. He's like Lumet, insane let's do two of an episode. Credits. It'll take us forty weeks, and we'll have the whole, whole the whole year, year to ourselves. Yeah. I don't know if you have suggestions. Lamenting Lumet because we have to do all these <laughs> fucking episodes. Oh, excuse me. The one last one I will suggest, I guess, is the one I'm throwing it's so weird because we've covered so many of his movies but like we'd have to find a way to make them them fresh and different billy freaking died no billy freaking died last course, year yeah, and yeah, feeling yeah. feeling freaking we've we've mentioned it before yeah um maybe the most yeah, like we should do the most logical <laughs> jump after man honestly we yeah, but what we should do is like when we come across ones we've talked about, we just literally sit here. We do like a a thirty minute no, do like an hour long episode, but it's a loop of us just being like, hey, go check out this episode. Thanks, love you, bye. And then like, hey, go check out this episode on this feed. Thanks, love you, bye. But it's for like an hour. I mean, I could for just, like Jade or something. You I know? could just like cut the. Did we ever do Jade as an episode proper? We did Jade in a two by two. Is that a lost episode? I think that one didn't. I think that one got removed because of a music cue. I don't know if that's Probably. out there. I don't know if that's because we did there. Jade and um, it was like the summer of sex or whatever or like something. <laughs> the summer of sexual seduction. Okay, seduction. we yes, did, dude. We did eyes wide shut and wild things. We did color of night and Jade. Was it? Yeah, I'm looking it up. That's color of night and Jade. And then there's one other one, didn't we? Or did we just do two episodes of that? I could have swore we did more. Hold on. Color of Night and Jade. By and then Wild Things. Reviews. 
It had to be, dude. It had to be Jade and, and that, because I swear we talked about it. I'm gonna find it. Hold on. Yeah. No, it was Mulholland Drive, my favorite movie of all time in Color of Night, the worst movie we've ever talked about. Right. It was such a whiplash pairing. And then it was Eyes Wide Shut and Wild Things. I think you're right. I think we did record a Jade episode. I cannot remember for the life of me what it was paired with. Was it two by two? I just remember because we talked about the. Was it two freakins back to back then? Did we do Jade? We didn't We do did. Jade and Sorcerer. I know that We, we didn't do no, that. we did the Sorcerer Shakedown. Right. Shakedown with Peter Weller and Sam uh, Sam Elliott. Dude, I love Shakedown. I'll ride and die for That was, Shakedown. that was a good time. I just watched Robocop the other day, too. We do have, we definitely have a missing episode that got pulled. I feel like. Yeah. I don't know if it's Jade, though. It had to be, man. Because I remember talking about, like, the chase sequence in that. And then we were talking about how, like, at the end of the day, at the ending, it he was just like, ah, yeah. And by the way, um, you know, if you, it just, yeah, I... Did we do it with another one of those, like, not erotic thrillers, but, like, it's like Rising Sun or something like that with, I don't know, I can't remember. But I swear to God, we talked about Jade for a while. Like, I remember sitting down in person and talking about Jade with you. I'm looking, man. I'm looking. But if not, I mean, it may have been lost, who knows. But, yeah, I mean, we could totally do freaking, um... I think I tried to pitch Frankenheimer as well at one point. Okay. Like, <laughs> this is literally nobody's listening anymore. But just yeah. to recap for you, brother, these are the ones that I see available. We did Surf Ninjas and Broke Down Palace. <laughs> 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 in the bedroom and renaissance man shout out to tom wilkinson who Rest unfortunately in peace, Mr. Wilkinson. passed away dude i mean and also we did michael clayton and super mario brothers that's another tom Yes. wilkinson joint Yep. uh yeah uh we got sidekicks and three ninjas kickback Yes. that was a fun one sorcerer shakedown as we mentioned mulholland drive and color night uh to live and die in la in a million ways to die in the west maybe my favorite Just you you experiencing to live and die in LA for the first Yeah, time was that incredible. was so. That's another Friedkin, of course. Uh, we did our little football pairing of Waterboy and Friday Night Lights, Narc and Looper, Yeah. uh, Top Gun and Piranha 3D, <laughs> Double T no, just three D, you're the right. Great the Great Silence and Cracker Jack, The Long Good Friday and the Big Hit. That was a fun episode. That was my probably my favorite. Uh, Talking Blood about and Wine the and Scarface. The Blood and Wine segment is whatever, but that was that's a good Scarface chat. Yeah. Uh, the Pledge and Den of Thieves. <laughs> that was a good one. Yes. Uh, let's see. Night Moves and Excessive Force. Cutter's Way and Wasabi. Uh, Batman 89 and Batman Begins. Action Jackson and 21 Bridges. Um, but no, my personal favorite episode... Uh, Maybe my favorite podcast you and I have ever recorded. Uh, Eyes Wide Shut, Wild Things. I genuinely think is one of our best discussions ever. Oh, because I did my I did my research. Because you'd never seen it before. That Um, too, but like I've seen I did my research. but I thought it was a great pairing. Oh yeah. Great episode. Um, I might have so to go back we'll, and listen we'll to that leave one. you with that. Uh, if you, yeah, 
I guess that's that's how we'll make this worthwhile. If you're not taking the journey on True Detective, we've just given you a, a lovely lineup of old 2x2 retro reviews you can go check out on this very feed if you are so inclined and you want to do the movie thing while we're doing the TV thing. But we will be back this coming Tuesday with the inaugural episode of Tuesdays with Noah and Gab, season two, I guess, technically. Because yeah, we only did I've... one, we covered three week to week, and we did those episodes where we gave our thoughts on one and two. Uh, yeah. But so yeah, yeah, this is technically season two. Technically season two. That works. But covering season four of True Detective Night Country. Okay, uh, until then, uh, I have been Noah. And I have been Gavin. And we have been the Blanchard Brothers, and we have also been... Man Hunters. Haven't you, my man?